kick your ass out. Man, come on. I had a rough night and I hate the fucking Eagles, man. Well, Cowboys lose. The boys had every opportunity to claim the NFC East title in Philadelphia on Sunday, but Dallas drops the ball. Literally. Falling to the Eagles 17-9 and paving the way for the Birds to take the division title next week in New York. Hello and welcome to yet another electric post-game edition of About Them Cowboys. Kent Garrison here, the Emperor Palpatine of the show pulling all the strings behind the scenes here at The Athletic, and I am excited to welcome in our first order of all things Cowboys. But first, a few house cleaning notes to take care of. You can give the gift of amazing sports coverage this holiday season by giving an annual subscription to The Athletic. You can save 40% now by using our link, theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. So, go ahead, lock in your subscription now. You're guaranteed every episode of this show, ad-free, Dane Brugler's draft guide, all of our world-class coverage, and more. Again, save 40% at theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. And we want to show our appreciation to our local Dallas subscribers. So, we will be hosting a fan appreciation event on Monday, December 30th at 6 o'clock p.m. at Dots in Deep Ellum. We're going to be recording a live episode of About Them Cowboys, as well as a Dallas Stars panel in honor of the Winter Classic. So come on by, have a few beers. And as Jason Garrett would say, enjoy some camaraderie. So, now it's time to welcome in our panel for this episode. He escaped from the team bus, and he's experiencing zero mechanical difficulties. It's Father John Mishota. Hey, John. Oh, my God. I mean, what are we even doing here? What what an (laughs) episode. I mean, well, yeah, we'll get into it. I'm sorry. Go on. (laughs) And he's back again, bringing you the opinions you want and he's never holding back. It's Brian Broadus. What's up, Brian? I'll tell you what, I'm so glad I'm not on that road trip. I couldn't imagine what they're going through right now, but uh, it's better to be with you guys than being on that airplane flying home right now. Yeah. We might have this episode recorded and posted before they're even uh, on the airplane. So exactly. exactly. And as I welcome in our host KT to host this thing, KT, it seems like uh, we're kind of beating a dead horse, to be quite honest with you. Every week we get on here, we talk about how great this, we talk about every week we get on here, we talk about how great this team is talent wise and how they're set up for success. But week after week, we're talking about how they're underachieving. So I've had enough of it personally. And Jason Garrett's probably thanking God that they could back their way into the playoffs. But, you know, I don't think they deserve to make the playoffs personally. Yeah, no, and I'm not even sure Jason even cares that much anymore, to be honest, because uh, there's a lot of things that he could have done today and that would have helped and his players could have done. You know what the Cowboys are? You know when you see a, a fast food restaurant or, or a restaurant a commercial on TV and the food looks really good? That's the Cowboys, because once you get there, you realize, oh, this, this burger looks nothing like what I saw in that commercial. That's what they are. It's not good enough, man. There's a lot of crap that happened today that was pretty emblematic of the entire season. So, yeah, we could go round and round and round doing the fire Jason get and the uh, bit and the and the players need to play better. We could go 
you know, hours upon hours talking about that. And well, let's just cut to the cut to the core here. If you're not good enough to be a playoff team, and they've got a lot of looking in the mirror to do with a lot of people. And if we can go down the roster, you can look at that. I I think the the biggest question, if you guys, I don't think you guys have a problem. Let's start backwards, so we don't have to run through the game. But are we all in agreement that it's pretty insane that your number one wide receiver is not in the game on fourth and eight because of a wide receiver rotation? What the hell's going on? Yeah, I'm I'm to the point where you know that was I know in our post game show when uh, we were talking about that. You know, I heard the question being asked, and I know John, you were at the you were at the podium there. So I think it was Nick Eatman of DallasCowboys.com that asked the question about using a timeout. And, you know, so, I, you know, I thought it was a really a fair question. You know, it, to me, this goes back to what we talk about with with Jason Garrett and then the game manager, you know, and, and the, the lack of his ability as a game manager. You know, if, if I'm looking out on that field and I'm not seeing the right personnel out on that field, then I am burning the time out. And I'm looking at my coaches, Sanjay Lyle or Kellen Moore, whoever you want to look at. And I'm looking at them, I'm saying, you've got to be damn kidding me right now with what's going on right now. You've got to be – somebody explain to me why the hell Amari Cooper is not on the field right now. And Amari Cooper wasn't playing great in this football game by any means. But to have Tavon Austin out on the field and others other than Amari Cooper, you know that that is a bigger indictment of Jason Garrett and really the coaching staff uh, about you know game management. Uh, all along, I've always said uh, Jason Garrett doesn't have a really clear, clean pulse about what happens during games to, uh, to his team. You know, when to go for it, when not to go for it. You know, I mean, it, it happened several times tonight. So, you know, all you ask is your head coach to be able to do is when the game is tough and tight, be able to make a decision, be able to be a difference maker. You know, there's been several games this year where he has not been that difference maker, and it's cost him. But for him to talk about rotations, and that's what we're in and all that, in that critical of a situation, in this critical of a game, is a clean indictment on him and the reason why he won't be coaching here at the end of the, uh, at the, uh, after this, uh, this final game against the Redskins. Yeah, I guess I just think a little bit differently on, on the on the whole Amari thing, and that's just the fact of like, yeah, I think he should be out there just like I think Ezekiel Elliott should be out there in big sure. situations when you're going for it on third and one. But it's just where has Amari been? Like, where is that guy that you know when you're when you're going to be set up to be paid like one of the highest paid receivers in the league? I, I'm I'm sorry, like I understand that week after week it's Stephon Gilmore, it's Darius Slay, it's Jalen Ramsey. This Eagles team, I mean, sure. I understand that 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 Amari wants to be the guy that. He's the opposite of Des. Like he's not going to sit there and yell for the ball on the sidelines, and he that's outside of his character. He was never that guy at Alabama, and he hasn't been that guy in the NFL. But at some point, I feel like you have to do something. Like, hey, get, on this play, give me the ball. This these guys out here right now can't yeah. check me. We're yeah. going to run this play. Give me the ball. No, and there, well, there was a there was a, a situation there, like uh, after that fourth and eight player when, when he was going. And keep in mind. We were just coming back from the two-minute warning. So there was a big commercial break, and there was one play ran, and then he was going off the field. And there was a situation where he is standing right behind Jason Garrett. And I'm like, well, why isn't Jason telling him to get in the game yeah. right now? It's fourth and eight. Where are the offensive coaches saying, hey, it's fourth and eight. Let's, whatever rotation we're doing doesn't matter anymore. The season is about this next play. But I, I agree with you, John. I mean, I, and this is not just today's game. I'm not being emotional yeah. here. This is the last month of the season, really when things really took a, took a dive defense. Defensively. 
and really, honestly, all season, he's been banged up, I know. So I do want to give him the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that. But uh, I've got no problem now. And I, you guys know how, how I feel about Dak. I got no problem not giving out any big money contracts this next offseason, given what happened this year to some of your big money guys. I mean, I, I think Demarcus Lawrence ended up being fine, but I, I think Jalen, we saw, and who knows sure. what's going on with Jalen? I mean, go, go on for days on that. Zeke, whatever. So I'm not feeling any pressure to give Amari Cooper a big long term contract, and I'm not feeling any pressure to pay Dak if you hadn't taken care of it already. Uh, you can franchise him, I guess, if you want to, but I'm not. I'm not like feeling like I have to give a, a five year set the market with some of these guys. And maybe I felt differently about that when we were three and zero, or you know, a little earlier in the season. I feel way different about this thing now, just because those are the guys I needed to go make plays for me today, and they just didn't do it. They didn't get it done. No, they didn't. And, you know, with Dak Prescott was in the MVP conversation up until the New England game. And then, you know, the last several weeks, uh, you know, and I, I'm I'm a guy that's always been about, you know, I, I remember arguing with guys, you know, on 105.3 about, you know, Dak Prescott, you know, you don't have to let him throw the ball 40 times a game. He can't do that. He needs people around him, da, 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 da. And, you know, I kind of came around, you know, on, on some of the thinking of, well, you know, maybe this guy can have it. Maybe he will be okay. Maybe, you know, you let him throw the ball and everything will be fine. And, you know, but it just seems like, though, when he does throw the ball 40 or more times, this team doesn't win games, you know, and, and maybe it's because they're behind. But, you know, tonight, you know, I, that's a little bit on him, you know. Well, I shouldn't say a little bit. But yeah. That's a lot on him. That's a, a lot, lot on, on him, him tonight. And, you know, yeah, I, I think now as you look at this team and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, they're going to look at this and say, okay, wait a minute. You know, hey, maybe we made a mistake paying Ezekiel. Maybe we made a mistake paying, uh, you know, uh, Jalen Smith. You know, maybe we should have the way to get some of these deals done earlier. But I, I have a feeling that they're going to franchise Dak and Amari Cooper is for debate. You know, I mean, I, I really do feel that's that's going to be the case. And, you know, if, if you talk to people, we all talk to people within this organization. And, you know, up until a month or so ago, I was living in that building every day. I like to remind people of that because you do run into people. You do hang out with people. You do talk to people. And, you know, I, I you know, I was talking to people about Amari Cooper. And I said, is he hurt? Is he, you know, and, and to a man, they were saying, no, he's not hurt. He's not hurt. And. You know, they were lying. Yeah. We saw him at training yeah. camp. He couldn't well, no, walk. No, and I mean, I'm talking about the, this last month of the season, KT. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. No, okay, he sorry. was absolutely banged up, and they did they, they did the best they could to baby him through the early part of it, though. But there's something clearly not there with him, and it's and it's whether it's Prescott or him or whatever, or you know, they just do not have that connect that they have, and. You know, with Omari, you can kind of tell when things aren't going right. I mean, and, I, and I'm and i not acting like I'm Dr. Phil here or anything like that, trying to read body language, but I'm reading body language as a former NFL scout. You know, I'm seeing a guy that just doesn't look, you know, look right. And it does he look right because he's not getting the ball or it's not coming to him at the right spot? Or, you know, is he running the route too flat to allow the defender to get over and knock the ball away? You know, I mean, he had the bad drop. You know, I mean, you know, we saw that with, with really with Des Bryant. Des Bryant was if you got him going early in a game, he was going to have a really good game. And with Amari, it doesn't seem like that they get him going or nor does he look always interested in playing. And maybe that's just his demeanor. And maybe I'm reading him wrong, but it is disappointing that Rashul Douglas is out there covering and Jalen Milton's out there covering. These guys are out there covering him. 
you know, and he's a better player than those those guys he's going up against, and he's just not doing anything. Yeah, I, I think my my biggest thing, I, like, and all that obviously factors in too. And it's like, you know, I I try and come on this thing, and and I try and be uh, as balanced and fair as I can be, sure. especially having to, you know, obviously see the players in the locker room and things like that. Like, I generally just, I'm, I'm not trying to like take shots at anybody, but just watching them today, I mean, there's just you can just you can point the fingers at so many different people. I mean, yeah. it's like. There's Dak, there's Amari, there's the offensive line. Actually, the offensive line wasn't wasn't terrible today, but it wasn't one of their best games. But still, it wasn't as good as the Rams game. But, um, uh, you know, Zeke not having a better day. Uh, what about the offensive coordinator? Sure. Like, what Where? Where? What happened to not, like, it's, I don't understand how you're, whatever happens in the first 10 minutes of these games is what happens for the rest of the game. Like, how do you not come back at all in any second half? So why are you... Whenever you're down in the second half, you just lose those games. I know it's been going on for more than just this year, but like that was Dak's thing was these fourth quarter comebacks. Like, where are those yeah. things? And 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 the reason why it really stands out to me is because being in that stadium today, that team is not good. That Eagles team is not yeah. good. That's the biggest problem with all yeah. of this. This is no Lane Johnson, no Deshaun Jackson. Zach Ertz was out for sure. a while. No Alshon Jeffrey, no Nelson Aguilar, no Jordan Howard. Their defense is not good. I've watched them these last few weeks play these other teams. They're, they, they're looking at this thing like, oh, my God, I can't believe we still have a chance to win the division. Okay, we're at home. Let's go take this. And they fed off their sure. crowd today. Crowd no doubt about tremendous. that. But yeah. that team is not yeah, that team is not good. And that's one of the reasons why. I mean, this is such a golden opportunity. And week after week after week, you hear from every one of these players about how it's all still yeah. in front of us. We control our destiny. And it's like that whole time they were saying all of that, that was the problem right there, is that they were looking forward to just, no, we got this. We're fine. And because nobody ran away with the division, they never really truly felt like their backs were against the wall. And now it's too late. Well, they never felt like their backs were against the wall from the beginning, even when this whole thing started, right? I don't even think it's a head coach. No, the whole thing, the whole thing, and that's how you, you yeah. know, it, it, and it's over. All that's over. This is, Jason's not getting even if they made the playoffs, and they still have a chance to make the playoffs. Sure. And we all know that they can go in. And to the point John just made, I don't think it would surprise anyone if if the Cowboys went out. I mean, if the Eagles went out there and, and <laughs> lost to the Giants next week, hell, they went to overtime with oh, them two weeks ago. As they are, they might not have enough players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then they and two yeah. weeks ago they or three weeks ago they went overtime with them but that's the whole thing where's the sense of urgency in anything in this organization because i thought we were trying to win one for jerry as jerry gets older and all that stuff where's the urgency no let's let this kicker hang around well the kicker might have made a little bit of difference in some of these close games where's the urgency there's just not a sense of urgency and funny to say they're on a plane right now and a tarmac in philadelphia as we record this no sense of urgency to get out of philadelphia either as they're sitting on a broken plane what is going on yeah i know i totally agree i totally agree with what everybody's saying here and i really do i think that i think that john really hit the nail on the head about this team and you know, I, I look at, you know, and maybe behind the scenes, we've seen it with the coach. He could be a little fiery and whatever and all that. But, but yeah, where is the sense of urgency? Where is the, the fact that, you know what, you, you played so well last week against the Rams. You know, you kind of proved yourself, hey, you know, we can do this. Put this together and let's go. You know, let's, let's go out there. Let's go to Philadelphia team you had played pretty well against. You know, throughout, I mean, Dak Prescott and CQL's career, you played pretty well. Jason Garrett, I think it was seven and two lifetime against the Eagles. You know, I mean, played pretty well. But, you know, that, the, the, the sense of urgency today was just not there at all. You know, the, there's one team that looked desperate, and the, and the more injuries that they had, the more desperate they looked. 
you know, and to me, you know, the Cowboys, that's just been their MO all year. When they, when they, they, how many games have they had where the other team's best players have not played, you know, New Orleans and <laughs> go back to the Packers with, with, you know, with Adams. I mean, they, they've gone through uh, the Saints, you know, go through all these, all these games where they've, they've, they've had the best uh, the, the, the opponents players have been played. And, and today, I mean, the only, the, it was like the last player standing for the Eagles, but their guys are knocking down balls and stuff like that and making plays. And, you know, they've got one guy that can really catch the ball and it's the tight end. And we, you know, you can't, you know, can't cover him. You know, you can't figure out how to put a guy on him to take him out of the game, you know, and it's, it's just unfortunate. It really, really is. But, you know, I mean, I know people in the postgame show today were calling in. They're like, they were not surprised. They weren't surprised that this happened today because it's been this way all season. You yeah. know? Yeah. They shouldn't, shouldn't be been. surprised yeah. that, that they're going to go to Philadelphia and lose. Now, again, I felt like that maybe things had turned around for them. And maybe the one game in, you know, you know Ari uh, Temkin, who I work with, called it was Fool's Gold last week. Was it Fool's Gold? And, you know, I want to say, no, no, this, you know, man – Maybe it's the time it's got the bit between its teeth, and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna run the football. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna take advantage of the Eagles second, but they didn't. And you know, they they are what they are. So that's that's kind of why you know every week we've had this these inconsistent podcasts where it's like one week it's you know well they did this and did that and did this, and then the next week it's like wow, did you see the way they made those plays? And you know, and then it's back to being a, just a, another another bad football team. Do we have a coordinator problem on offense? Do we have a problem know, there? John, what do you think about that? I don't think it's going to matter because I think you're going to have a new head coach and your new head coach is going to hire whoever he wants to be the offensive coordinator. But I think there's certainly growing pains there. Like, I certainly think that there are, uh, you know, some things that, you know, I give Tony Tony Romo credit for pointing out before the season even started. And that was that, yeah, these first few games, everything could be good. But then the other teams are going to adjust. And, and now after you see some tendencies – these teams are going to make some adjustments and that clearly has happened. Um, but the, but the problem is, is really these second halves. I just, I don't understand how you get yeah. down at, at halftime and it's relatively close even, and it's not like they're getting completely blown out and they come out in the second half and it's just like, you know, where are the adjustments? I mean, isn't that, I, I always think that's like what coaches are supposed to do, like make some type of adjustments. And I, at least the elite ones are. And I just, this team, it's just kind of like, well, what you get the way this game starts out, it's probably how it's going to go the rest of the way. And so, you know, I know Kellen Moore can get out there and, and catch those passes. And, you know, he he's designing things a certain way that, you know, obviously is, feels comfortable for Dak Prescott. But, and there were too many drops today and all that. But this is, this is bigger than just today. They put it on themselves for it to come down to today because sure. it never should have come down to this. But I thought because of the way they played against the Rams and the fact that the way that they played against the Eagles earlier in this year and the fact that the Eagles were all beat up and this was their chance to save the entire season and for them to play the way that they did in this game, you can point the finger at the offensive coordinator, but I just think it's a bigger thing. And obviously that all starts at the top and that starts with Jason Garrett. And so I, I don't know. I just, not that I expected him to say anything different after the game, but just reading some of his answers or just because I think I obviously was chasing Jerry Jones around. I thought for sure we would get a more uh upset Jerry Jones, but I think he's to the point now where it's just he kind of knows what's going down and, and that's it. And he didn't want to talk very long. He knows where this thing's headed. Um but it, it just I don't know. I it just it's the same thing all the time. And it clearly I, I'm fine with the same thing if it appears to be working. I mean this is just I mean I thought honestly I thought if they made the playoffs and they lost in the second round, 
that it was going to be pretty disappointing and, and, and a huge letdown for what they what they've put together on paper. And then to just lay this to where they can potentially have just another eight and eight season. It just follows the Jason Garrett trend of him as a head coach. I don't I just don't think you need to really see any more. No, yeah, I think you're absolutely right about this. And, you know, the, the, all the points that you made, I think you're absolutely right. As far as Kellen Moore goes, you know, the avenue of Kellen Moore to come back would be if they hired a guy like Urban Meyer. You know, that's the avenue. If you know, and I don't know, again, this could be a this could be a Stephen Jones hire. This could be, you know, a Jerry giving Stephen Jones a little bit more control. You know, you know, every every week it seemed like a little bit more Stephen Jones and the personnel and stuff like that. And you know, this could very well be. Yes, I want to be involved with the hire, but you know, putting this on Stephen to do the back channeling, to do the operations. You know, to be the guy that's the, kind of the point man on this thing. So, but to me, it, the, the, if you're a fan of Kellen Moore, if you think that Kellen Moore will be better in the future. Then you're, you're the guy you probably want to hire is Urban Meyer. That's the guy you want to hire. If he if they go out and get a Greg Roman, who I don't think they need, they need to go get an established head coach. I, I've said all along to to me, I want a guy that could be a difference maker on game day. I, I don't need a guy who's in a who's a, an assistant, career assistant, you know, first head coaching job. I, I don't need that guy. I need somebody that's established. I don't need a retread guy either. But I need a guy that's going to make people accountable. He's going to make the coaching staff accountable. He's going to make, more importantly, the players accountable. He's going to make himself accountable for what he does out there every day because you clearly have a coach that he's caught in the rut of living life every day where he talks about you know being better and getting better and improving. He wears the same outfit every day. He says the same things every day. The team, like you said, John, is 8-8, eight and eight, it seems like, every day. So that's what he is. And I just feel like they need a guy that – it, has, it can be accountable, could be a difference maker, because these games are tough, they're tight, and, you know, the Cowboys' record going in this game, you know, if you look at games decided by eight points or less, their winning percentage was 167. That That's really yeah. kind of all you need to know. Jason Garrett and his staff not making a big enough difference in those close games. No, and, and, and that puts you in a whole different situation where you're not thinking about today's game because you would already be ahead of the curve. You know, in this division, you would have already clinched a playoff spot and be potentially playing for seeding. Sure. And, you know, all that stuff, it just changes the whole outlook of everything. And, and look, we, we've known pretty much that Jason was not going to be here, so we don't have to spend a lot of time no. doing that. We've killed Jason on this podcast <laughs> plenty of times. And if you don't believe me, you can go back in the past. But KT, you got to do the autopsy yeah. on why the team is eight and, or seven and eight. You know, you got to you got to do the autopsy well, today, on today, why. It's, it's everything. everything. But it does start, and it could very start very well at the top with with Jerry Jones and and what's going on there, and he yes. and he's got big shoulders. He he could take that, but you know, but you look at Brian. You've worked. You've, you go ahead. Well, hold on. You've worked in the NFL for years as a scout for years and lived in buildings sure. of these organizations for years. When a coach goes into a season in a lame duck year, doesn't that also give assistant coaches some accountability issues? Yeah, you know. And then doesn't that give some players accountability issues as well? But but but, but I mean I think I think they have a co- I think they have coaching staff uh, accountability issues. And I don't want to go into names, but we all hear things. And I think they've got some locker room accountability issues. 
And I think that those are some legit things that are that are wrong with this club right now. And it's not out there yet. Not no one's already talking about it. And maybe something will come out at some point. But I think all that stuff is legit. But it, all that tone was all set because you're still doing the same thing you've been doing for the last few years. And they made the decision after last season in L.A. When they got ran all over by C.J. Anderson, they made the decision to go ahead and bring Jason Garrett back on a lame duck year and not give him a, a, a one-year deal. I mean, it, it is The Rangers did this. I, I bet the Rangers had a feeling that Jeff Bannister's message had gone away, but they went ahead and gave him a one-year extension. So he had two years, and they did not let him be a lame duck guy. And then they fired him and then paid him. Like, why couldn't the Cowboys have done that just, just for the look of things? Just because they don't, they do, they don't, it's because it wasn't their way. We do things our way. Deadlines make deals. All this crap that they do, a lot of times it's not right. A lot of times it's not the right thing to do. And they still live and die by it and they don't change very much. You haven't seen a lot of evolving. Let me ask you guys a question. Are you glad they haven't extended in Amari? Are you guys are glad that that's, that's gone through the season or is it, or is it something that you would have rather them had it done before the season started? I don't think it. I don't think it would change anything with Amari. I think he's the same guy whether he's making ten dollars to play football or he's making ten million dollars to play football. So sure. it wouldn't have mattered there. And and to be honest with you, as much as like he's faded uh, down this stretch here, I still think you do need to have you know a, a top type receiver like that. And when he is clicking, like I do think he's a good fit for Dak. And so I, I I don't look at this team and think, hey, they just don't have the right players here. I know it's going to cost them a lot of money uh, to keep both of them, but I think I still think where, where you're building, I think you're better off with those two guys than without them. Yeah, no, and I I think I would have still probably have done the deal with Dak just because uh, a basic understanding of what's happening with the sure. quarterback market once Pat Mahomes is allowed to sign a deal in a couple months. And once the season's over and the new league, league year starts, the Chiefs are going to get a deal done with Pat Mahomes. So, like, to me, that's where I would have I would have gone ahead and done it. And you could still have that deal done. And Wentz, Goff, and Dak, who have all had their struggles, would all still kind of be in that $33, 34000000 million territory. I would have gone ahead and done that personally. But we went out of our way to sign Jalen Smith, sure. who was not up. We went out of our way to sign sure. Zeke, who was not up. We went ahead and let it get nasty with Demarcus Lawrence to where he's making comments like, well, it ain't my problem. It's sure. Stephen Jones's problem to fix the salary cap. You think you think that's sitting well with a lot of guys in there that Jalen Smith got paid and has played like yeah. ass this year? You think that's sitting well in there? I guarantee you it's not. Down three scores yeah. and he's doing the thing. <laughs> the swipe. Oh, Dude, the swipe today. I, I yeah. ain't got any. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look uh, – you say what you want about Jalen Smith, whatever. I thought when Jordan Lewis a few weeks ago said was talking about Sean Lee's uh, interception, and he was like, "That's our captain." Yeah. I thought that was pretty telling stuff. I thought that was really interesting. No, we we went out of our we had to take care of Jalen, and we had the whole tear up thing at the press conference, yeah. which might have been genuine. Who knows? But man, I I'm not saying those are bad guys to sign. I'm saying it sets a bad message. Just like the whole Jason thing does. So, yeah, maybe this is higher up than, than Jason and the coaching staff. And it is Jerry and Steven and the whole whole damn gang. It's a, it's a little bit of everything. It was missed throws and drops today. It was falling, uh, not getting a stop early in the game to get down 10 nothing. It was letting your kicker, Brett Maher, stay on the roster yeah. a month and a half longer than he should have been on the roster. Some yeah. could say even a year longer than he should have been on the roster. 
but it's everything. And when everything happens, you get this, you get dumpster fire. And, and honestly, you get the worst kind of dumpster fire, the eight and eight. That's the worst kind of dumpster fire. Cause I'd rather, I'd rather know where I'm at. I'd rather know where I'm yeah. at as an organization and be picking top five. Yeah. See, that's, that's where I'm, I'm having the problem right now because I think Jerry Jones is going to have the problem. And Steven Jones is they're going to have to pay these guys coming off an eight and eight season. You know, that's, you know, but you got a 4,000 yard passer and a thousand yard receiver. And, you know, I understand what you guys are saying there, but he's he's in the worst kind of hurt right now because he's going to have to pay two players coming off what, you know, an eight and eight season. You know, that's really what, you know, but, you know, I don't think he wants to particularly do that. I, again, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised that they franchise Dak and, and, and see what happens with Amari. I, I really, I wouldn't be, and you know, if it means, I mean, this, hey, you know, I know you've already looked at some wide receivers in this draft, you know, so maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a situation now people say, well, hell, why did you make the Amari deal? Why'd you go for first round pick? Well, you really gave a second round pick because it was a 27th pick. So it was like a second round pick. But, you know, I mean, people are saying, well, why did you give up that pick if you weren't intending to resign this guy? But, it might come to a point that they say, you know what, and it might be a mistake, you know. But I, I, the thing with Amari is, I, I, I'm trying to figure out why, why he's not been as productive in the last six weeks, you know. I mean, but he was super productive last year. He's the reason why they were in the playoffs, you know. Well, his comments today were about, and John, I know you have some on this too. Uh, his comments today were talking about he was frustrated by the amount of short routes that he ran. I thought this was more of a game to sure. run some more go routes with him. But I felt the entire game that they were forcing the ball to him the whole time. I mean, you saw Cobb start making plays in the second half. And I was like, okay, well, we, I didn't see any of Cobb in the first half. So I, it, I felt like they were kind of forcing the ball to Amari Cooper quite a bit. What do you guys think about that? No, I thought I thought they were. They were definitely trying to get him involved. I think he had like something like 12 targets, which is clearly – you don't need to tell me anything else about the game. Just tell me that. And I know that they were trying to get him more involved than they have uh, in previous weeks. But, again, it kind of goes back a little bit to what I was saying earlier on how, well, Amari – Get in somebody's face and tell them we're running a go ball right sure. now. If anybody can do that, it's you. They will listen to you. Like you know, last like year. you need to say that then, like, and, and not be passive about it and be like, "Hey, this season's on the line." But I'm telling you, that is not him at all. That was not him at, at Alabama. That's not him behind the scenes, and that's not him in games either. And even if he, like, let's say late in that game, he makes, uh, he makes this big grab, scores a touchdown. They go back to him, gets a two-point conversion, and then they go to overtime, and he has a game-winning touchdown. He would not be that different in the locker room after the game than he was after the, the game today. Like, nothing really – it is not – anything is really too crazy to him, and nothing is, like, too disappointing to him. It's like everything is right around the same. It's fascinating because I've never seen another person be like him. He is exactly what Jason Garrett wants in a player. I mean, it just – they always talk about the never too high, never too low. That is Amari Cooper. And it's just like and, – and, and 99% of the time I'm good with that. I just think that there's once in a while you got to step up and be like, hey, come to me on this play right now. We have to do this right now. Let's go. And you know what I you know who I kind of saw that yeah. from on that final drive was Randall Cobb. I mean, Randall Cobb was getting fired up yeah. looking at the sidelines. I was kind of like, are they about to just go Dak to Cobb five, six straight times down the field? Because it certainly was working because, again, that Eagles team is not good. Let's, let's remember this. Um, I thought they were really going to sit there and dice them up and just keep going back to Randall Cobb. In that fourth quarter, late in that fourth quarter, it was very interesting to me that the people that were the most animated were Randall Cobb and Michael Bennett. 
like two guys that have obviously played on some playoff teams. There was also some different times throughout the game where I noticed it with Witten too. The guys that have been in those situations, you could tell they knew how big this game was, how big that moment was. And other guys can say that, but the guys that have actually been in those situations, they knew they were blowing a great opportunity. And those guys have been through every war you can imagine in the playoffs, both good and bad, Michael Bennett and and Randall Cobb specifically. And, you know, I I was kind of thinking a little bit about Sean Lee and Witten. Is this it for them? I mean, they're here uh, relatively cheap. Uh, Jason Witten, yeah. Another, Jason Witten needs he's to done, move right? on. He needs to move on. No, he absolutely, he because absolutely needs he's to move a, on. He's a liability. He's a liability as a run blocker now, and and you, you'd like to think that he can, you know, maybe that he can make those. I, I felt like that he would be a guy that'd be a real big red zone target. You know, get those those. You know, they've been really bad. If you look at their numbers, they've been really bad on those third and four to six yard, you know, down uh, in distances. You know, where, where you could get them in third and 10 and they'll convert like 25% of the time, which is one of the best in the league. You know, you can, you know, early down stuff, you could get them in, but you get them in third and four to six. They've been really, really bad. And this is where I thought Jason Witten would step up. And he really, really hasn't. So, yeah, you know, Jason Witten, and he, I, I know what he was trying to do. He was, you know, he missed football opportunity. He's, he came back to a place where nobody's ever critical of him. You know, there no nobody in Dallas, nobody in that building at the Star will ever say a bad word about Jason Witten. But you know, when he's on the broadcast, everybody in America was saying something bad about him. He came back to a place where everybody loved him, gold jacket wit. You know, and for you know, he he had some some plays, yeah. But you know, he's a liability as a blocker, and you know, the drop today was at least if he catches that ball. Then maybe it's a third down in you know a third down in four or five situation instead of third and twelve, you know. So I, like I said, I I, I appreciate everything it is staff that brought him here, but now it's come to the point in time where you know it, there needs to be something they they need to they need to address that situation. I'm sure they'll do it after the season. It's interesting though how many guys you talk about there because I think fans. I don't know, maybe not all of them, but I think a good portion of them don't realize like how much this roster is going to change this offseason. They're just, I mean, you're They're talking about Cooper, Randall Cobb, yeah. Michael yeah. Bennett, Robert Quinn, Malik Collins, Byron Jones, like all these guys are coming up for contract. They're not bringing back all Anthony of them. Brown. Anthony Brown, there's another one. Yeah, they're just, and all these guys aren't going to be able to be resigned. If, Tyrone Crawford, maybe? Yeah. I mean, this yeah. was this yeah. was set up to be, this was going to be the time when they were supposed to make this run. And to, for them, not only to like, you know, I really thought this season would end with them falling short, losing either in the first round of the playoffs or the divisional round again. I just thought it was going to be more of the same for them to be this epically bad. And and, and I don't want to take it in the, in the wrong direction here because I, I like where this, this show is going. But let me just point out something else that really stunned me early on is how much Malcolm Smith yeah. was playing. Like, wait, how did you just grab this guy off the street? Like, you don't have better <laughs> options than this? No, well, he's a veteran guy that's, you know, he's been through the he's been through the wars. I mean, yeah, they got caught in a situation where they got um, Miss coverage, but heck of an open field tackle on him. You know, he made that one time, but yeah, it's, it, 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 it is, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny how you talk about, it. I was just going to kind of go back, you know, with all these players that are, they're going to be gone, you know, and, and the roster and how it will turn over, uh, you know, it, it, that part of it is, you know, they, they looked at this and, and they've gotten some really good, they've gotten, I mean, heck, how many, 10 and a half sacks from Robert. I mean, you think about that, though, and, and, you know, there's some of these guys that have played very, very well. 
there's a lot of these guys that they were really, really counting on that haven't been good enough. They haven't been good enough in these games. And, you know, but that, that's, that's on the players. But, you know, again, go back to what happened with the coaches as well. You know, that, that, that is, has not been as, as good as an area as it needed to be. Well, I think Byron Jones is another yeah. guy you sit there and go, okay, is he coming back? Cheeto got benched today, um, you know, and Jordan Lewis came in. It's another kind of urgency thing we're talking about. Uh, I like Cheeto. I have no problem with Cheeto being on my roster, but if we're doing teaching moments in week 16 for the division, I think that's an issue. Um, and he, Cheeto came back in the game, you know, but it's like, what? Now we're making this move to bench him. Yeah. And I know, you know whatever cornerback depth's a bit of a problem in this team. Once Anthony Brown get hurt, Anthony Brown's another guy I would like to have back for cheap. But I don't know what they're thinking. I, and I truly think you—you you mentioned Tyrone Crawford. I truly think that was a massive blow to everything from a culture, from a day-to-day. In practice, no question. Uh, holding other guys accountable in the locker room. That was huge. The, the KT, this is where, and you're exactly right. This is where, to me, you know, people have been very, very critical. And I've always been a guy that's defended a couple of players. I've always defended Jeff Heath, and I've always defended Tyrone Crawford. Because there's things that Tyrone Crawford does during the game that you just, you just can't. You can't, you're like, that, that's amazing. Whether it's taking on a double team, whether it's getting somebody home on a rush, Playing the run, you know, there's always something with him that's a positive. And people would focus on the money, and they then it's not his fault that they paid him that money. It's but they paid him like he was a three technique or an under tackle, and he's really kind of a a, a guy that could play both ends. He could play nickel tackle, but he does a lot of the dirty work. He's like a stunt man. He does all the dirty work you don't want the you know the actor to get hurt on. And so with him being out, yeah, that's a huge, that was a huge loss for this team. And, you know, his contract is, you know, is, is in the balance, you know, he's, he's gotten to a double hip surgery and all this stuff going on now. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they'll probably say, well, time for him to kind of move on, but that, that was a big loss. And here's a team that really hasn't had massive amounts of injury injuries and they're still, a seven and eight team that that there's a lot of teams dealing with injury and, and this is not one of them you know for sure i mean they for the most part have been pretty healthy throughout the whole season but just haven't taken advantage of that and i, I think that was the most frustrating thing about the whole year and i don't, I don't know when we're talking about the season like it's over and again we got a chance next week to go beat the redskins <laughs> and hope that the eagles get beat right and everyone laughs right because we're going to very well happen yeah uh, what you know what'd be funny is if they like watch the Eagles and Giants? Do the Eagles and Giants get flexed to uh, yeah, the both, afternoon? Yeah, yeah same yep. time. Yeah, both three twenty-five. Yeah. So yeah. the Eagles and Giants, and the Giants win, and then the Cowboys see that, and then the Cowboys Redskins somehow goes to overtime, and then the Cowboys lose in overtime with a chance to win. Yeah. Both teams lose, yeah. and the Eagles back their way into the playoffs. That's that's really how this crappy division should end. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, even if let's say, like, I mean, even let's say they they did get in, the Cowboys did get in. Like, there's no reason any sane person should think that they would, even if they won one playoff game. Like, they have shown you nothing to think that like they could ever put it together back to back games. Like, there's yeah. no reason they've had like you know what they've played on a level to win playoff games twice. 
this entire season. Right. And that was against the Eagles and that was against the Rams twice. And those things were like months apart. Like to yeah. think that they're going to do this back to back weeks. That's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all learned a, a valuable lesson this year in covering this team as it currently stands. And I don't know, maybe a new head coach pumps some juice back into the thing and maybe some roster additions or whatever. Maybe they have a great draft, whatever happens, maybe it changes the tone of things, but I know I'm not going to get ahead of my skis, uh, you know, when I'm talking about the Cowboys moving forward as a person. No, uh, that's, because I, yeah. I, it's just, it, we just seen it too much. And uh, again, that's could go all the way up to the top to Jerry and the gang, but we've seen it way too much over the years. I'm, I'm tired of getting KT, burned. Let me just throw in here real quick. You know why? And especially being from Detroit, I really, I've really realized this covering this Lions team. I mean, this Cowboys team is that. There's just so many people that get so into it too, whether it be fans, whether it be other people you're around, people in within the team. The Cowboys are just a different level. Like everybody, like the momentum just starts going and it's like the littlest thing, the littlest win, anything. Everybody just gets pumped up and it becomes this big thing and you just get sucked into it. And it's and it's going to be hard, but I agree with you. We need to fight against that. We need to fight against that. And I, I just don't, maybe, you know, because you know what's so funny is like, They'll part ways with Jason Garrett. They'll get a new head coach and everybody will be like, that's the missing piece. And then you're right back in it again. And everybody's excited again. And you're going out to California for training camp. See, that's I I'm, I'm guilty. I'm very guilty. And, you know, and here's the, the former NFL scout coming out 30 practices of Oxnard and doing preseason games on the radio and, you know, studying practice tape every day, studying game tape every day, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, well, this team's got the capability. They can do this and this and this and this. And this player can do this, this, you know. And I was right along with Will McClay and that staff as far as analyzing this team. And if they missed, I missed. Because I, I really felt like that that this team was very capable of, you know, winning the division, going into the playoffs and being, you know. If you said, oh, San Francisco's going to win this division, you know, I, or win the the West. I said, get out of here. You know, I saw them in the first preseason game. No, get out of here. You know, but look at how some teams, you know, look at, you know, look at what happened. You know, there's games that they lost the jets game. I mean, the Minnesota game, there's the, the New Orleans game. There's games that these, that they had that, you know, if, if they, if they had a different coach or they had a different plan or they had a different scheme and they had, you know, there's just, it was, it was honestly, it was set up for failure to be honestly coming out of camp. You know, to me, I, I thought it was I thought it was going to be this. You know, you can't stop this team offensively and defensively. They got so much depth and da 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 da. And in reality, was the team was set up to fail because again, the head coach and you know some of the players on the side weren't good weren't, enough. Weren't and that's where I'm kind of getting wrong too because I've been and I'm with you, Brian. Yeah, uh, been totally on board with Will McClay. And you know what? Over uh, Will McClay's tenure, I think you would see more hits than misses, but. You take a look at the last couple of drafts. Obviously, you sure. didn't get anything from Tristan Hill and Connor McGovern this year, which were, you know, late second and third round picks. So, you know, technically third and fourth picks if you really want to think about it. But, I mean, that taco pick, that stings, yeah. man. You go watch the Pittsburgh Steelers play, and you will not watch five minutes go by without seeing T.J. Watt make a play. Um, I thought Cheeto Awuzie was a better player sure. than he is. I thought he was going to be yeah. a better player than he is. How about Xavier Woods? Xavier Woods. I had actually quite a bit of confidence in Connor Williams being a better player than he's been and I know he's hurt so I want to pile on I got yeah, no clue there, I can't yeah. tell you with 100% confidence that Leighton Van Der Esch ever plays another down in the NFL again that's, you go that's ask true. around about that injury and you go wow uh, 
Well, that's problematic. <laughs> you go ask some medical yeah. uh, people about that injury, and they go, uh, well, and I thought it was very interesting that the first press conference that Jason had after that injury, Jason out of nowhere goes, well, we know it's not career-threatening. And I'm like, well, who said it? anything was – what? So, you know, then six yeah. uh, six weeks later or, or two months later, you look at it and go, well, wow, what Jason said that day might have been a slip-up. Uh, so, I got my doubts yeah. about Leighton Van Der Esch and You know, we've talked about the defensive tackle position. I, I would love to have Robert Quinn back. Um, and I, again, I think Demarcus Lawrence was was ended up being a really good player pretty much all year long. I know he started out a little slow, but you know you're paying him to be more than just a really good player. You're paying him to be a great player and also kind of the leader of the yeah. team. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't know if that was a yeah. right. I, at the time, I was for spending that money, and I hope it ends up working yeah. out. Yeah, but when Robert Quinn kind of outperforms him all year long, you start asking yourself, "Okay, well, we got that for yeah. pretty cheap." So I don't know, man. Yeah, let me let me ask you this, John. Were you in the locker room when 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 Tank Lawrence was talking? Were you? Did you see him? Yeah, I was, and and you know, right from the beginning, he was asked he was about very not defensive. getting. A, he was very defensive yeah. about what was going on on his in his little. He was very defensive, like, "Hey, listen, somebody asked him a question about him playing better and all that, and he's like, well, listen, it, it was kind of like you know, hey, well, they're chipping me, and you need to watch the tape, and you know, they're doing this to me and this to me. You see the ball getting out of there quick, and you know, I mean, he was." He was like one of the first times he was really defensive about his play because people were being critical or the question was asked about him, you know, needing to play better, you know, so. Well, and I think one of the problems is, too, is like you guys mentioned with Leighton Van Der Esch and obviously Jalen Smith hasn't played up to what uh, he did a year ago. I think that that's a big problem or the biggest problem on that defense is because you still see glimpses of. Demarcus Lawrence flashing and making a play or Malik Collins or Robert Quinn or even uh, Michael Bennett. You don't really see that from the linebackers. And when you did, which was obviously that Rams game with Sean Lee, it was just like a totally different game. Like when there was actually some plays being yeah, made at that. Negative play. and, and, and this team was sold on, hey, our, li- our linebackers are going to make plays. And, I mean, that's what we were told all throughout training camp going guilty. into the season. Yeah, and and then coming here. off of what yeah. we saw last year, yeah, you you would have thought that they would take another step forward. So I think that that's been uh, part of it. But yeah, no, Demarcus Lawrence, I agree with you 100. percent He was very defensive and pointed out about how quick you know Carson Wentz got the ball out, which is something that you know we've seen in a lot of losses this year. Obviously against Chicago, it was the same way. Uh, Sam Darnold certainly wasn't seeing ghosts against their defense. He was you know nickel and diamond them, and then obviously he had the big shot down the field as well. So that has been a problem. And so when I when I think of that, I'm like, well, then who's got to step up? And you look at the linebackers, and it was like, not only were those guys supposed to be great, but then they were also yeah. supposed to have the depth there, and it just it didn't work out. I mean, it just didn't. In bottom line, that that becomes a roster thing, and we put it back on the players. And again, all this blame is shared. I, I look at it though. One thing that really jumps out at me for this season, uh, and really, you could kind of branch this out to Jason's tenure if you would like to do that. But this team doesn't beat enough good teams, no. and they don't beat enough, uh, don't win enough road games, and you you just see it. You've seen it for a long time, and we've seen a lot of career. Well, we've seen a lot of careers go yeah. by the wayside in this, I, I guess, uh, tenure of Jason, where you go, man, I wonder what they'd be like if there was something else here, you know. Uh, well, see, that's what the you know, and, and people have pointed out now. Congratulations to Jason Garrett for re- wasting the careers of, and you, they list like 
the Des Ten Bryant guys, tweet from you know, Tony Romo. Yeah, well, I think it was – I don't know if it was Des Bryant, but there was somebody listed I saw when we finished up our show listed about, you know, the Tony Romo, the Des Bryant, the DeMarco Murray, you know. Sean just, Lee. Just, Sean Lee wasted the careers of all these guys, you know, and, and they're the – you know, so, yeah, I mean, it's it, – it, it, there's – this this team, as you mentioned earlier, KT, is going to turn over a lot. They're not going to be able to keep everybody. You know, they're going to have to. They're going to have to be really particular who they want to pay and who they don't want to pay. Um, you know, they're going to have to make some hard, tough decisions. Uh, we'll see what happens at the end of it. You know, with the coaching. Uh, you know, if they get a college guy, if they go out and get, uh, say, Riley or somebody like that. You know, how much will the personnel department help him? You know, if you get Urban Meyer, he'll know what's going on with personnel and stuff like that. So, you know, they're going to have to really not only retool this coaching staff, but they're going to have to retool the roster as well, because there's just going to be a lot of guys that we saw this year that lined up and played a lot of snaps for this team that aren't going to be here next year. I I, I think what you said, too, about being careful about who they pay is so – uh, I, me personally, I'm not scared to pay guys, right. but I'm also going to do this the right way. How come Jalen Smith can play one good year of football and get a contract and everyone else has to put up about three or four years of really good production to get a long-term well, contract? Because, I mean, that's the yeah. one that I jump out and I really question that contract. And I questioned it at the beginning when it happened. Well, I was like, this is not sent a good sign. And your running back held out, and that was not a good thing when you bent over and went ahead and gave him a record-setting deal. You know, they didn't win any of these negotiations. Look at the story of Jalen Smith. It's like the fairy bit. It's the fairy book story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the, oh, my gosh, we, we draft him in the second round, and, you know, he's rehabbed knee, and, oh, he's back to playing, and, oh, you know, I mean – Hey, give the guy credit for showing up and playing. I mean, I give sure. you know, Britt Brown and those guys a lot of credit for what they did to get him ready to play. But I, I think you're right, KT. It's, you know, if anybody should be grateful for the Cowboys, it should be Jalen Smith because it seems like they've done more than their share to try and, you know, take care of him. You know, well, one of the most terrible. Well, I was just going to say one of the most terrifying things that Jerry Jones says all the time, and he was just saying it again recently, is the, well, if I've seen them do it before, I know they can do it again. And obviously, he, you know, Jalen yeah. having the one good year. Uh, and, and I know yeah. I just I'm, I bring this up because we're going to hear this this offseason. He's going to say it about Dak. He's going to say it about Amari because people are going to bring up, hey, you know, it wasn't as great of a season you thought. He's like, oh, I've seen him do it before. You know, I've seen Amari turn it up and yeah. he was the missing piece and got us to the playoffs a year ago. And I've seen Dak do it before. And and, and that's the same thing you always say with Jalen. He's like, well, I've seen him do it before. He can do it again. So it's just a scary thing to go by because just because a guy has one good year doesn't mean that he's going to have another five or six good years. Yeah, but John, let me give you a little example, though. Scouts are trained that if they've seen it one time, they'll see it again. That That, okay. that is a person that no and 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 you bring up a great point and i'm not trying to make fun of you or anything like that no. <laughs> but scout scout scouts are trained that if they see it one time and remember this kt and when you and jeff cavanaugh always oh, working yeah. together you know we you see it and you're like well why is he not do- well wait a minute i've seen this guy do this before i've seen this guy make this play i've seen this guy make a tackle i've seen this guy throw this pass you know that that's something that the personnel guys are trained to 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 notice and again i'm not trying to make fun of you or anything like that but i i that's when jerry jones says that i i kind of understand where he's coming from you know because i guarantee you that's something hearing from will mcclay and his scouts 
I guess the where I'm just saying, I guess it's more I'm coming from more of a fan standpoint of no, like you're, you're and I gotta wrong. bring up this you're guy. Wrong. I gotta wrong. bring up this guy because yeah. because you know you know him well, Brian. So I just have to bring up this name. So I feel like Shoot. I feel like at one point or time, Joey Harrington made just about every throw. No doubt. No doubt. I mean yeah. No. And that's why he gets drafted high like that. And that's it's just scary to think like that is all I'm no, saying. No, you're absolutely right. And Joey Harrington is the albatross that I wear. People ask me, like, who's the guy you, <laughs> you missed on, the biggest player you've ever missed on? And, you know, I, I didn't have a real say in what was going on. But I absolutely love Joey Harrington. The only thing Joey Harrington could do good was play the piano afterwards. That's it. You know, he wasn't even a good broadcaster anymore. So, yeah, I I feel like, though, that there's certain players where you're right, you know, that you you kind of feel like, wow, this guy can do this. I've seen him do it. And, you know, but that's that's personnel for you right there. And, you know, and and I'll tell you what, though, guys, you know, we're not to the off off season yet, but we got plenty of time for that afterwards to do the autopsy. But uh, you guys have brought up something really interesting. This, This team is going to change not only with the head coach, and the coaching staff, but it's going to change with a lot of the roster. And you know what? There's a side of me that I'm all for it. I'm I'm all for it. If that if if eight if if you're only going to get eight and eight out of this roster, Absolutely. then find a way to to move on. And you know what? This team might end up like damn New York Giants. It might be you know three and thirteen again or something. I, you know I don't know. I mean maybe they don't have enough talent. Maybe they just don't. But. They better figure out some things fast. They better figure out the head coaching situation. And they better figure out who they want to sign. And then they better figure out a way to draft pretty well and then add some pieces like Robert Quinn's of the world uh, when they need to to kind of make a difference there when they don't draft. I just wonder, and it's kind of where what Jerry, what John was making the point about Jerry saying that too. Uh, you've seen it again, though. I, I just kept going back to and, and just think about real life. And these guys all have egos in a locker room. All these guys know how much everyone makes. I mean, that stuff happens. And maybe it's a little more prevalent in a small locker room like basketball or something. I just think it's real interesting. And I wonder what's going on because it's not just coaching. There's a locker room problem, I would imagine. And I just think there could be a lot of guys looking around and going, wait, they, they well, paid Jalen? Well, we've got about 10 free agents on this team. And we're going to go ahead and give this guy yeah. that much money and that guy over here this much money and that guy this much money. And I just want – over the course of, a, of six months – some of that stuff comes to the forefront a little bit. And I'm not saying – I'm not in the locker yeah, room, so I, I, I don't I know. know. I, I know you you're know, dancing but, here. I know, I know you're dancing yeah. here. You, right, let me ask you the question. You don't have to answer the question, but I'll ask the question. I'll answer Since it. I kind of believe in what you're doing. Is, is, do you think there's a problem with 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 uh, with Tank Lawrence? I think there's an accountability think there's problem. I think there's a, an accountability problem across the board. Okay. With with Tank Lawrence or with the, with the Hot Boys or with the overall overall locker room? Yeah, you know, I do think that's a, a, the whole Hot Boys thing. Is I understand how that can be an, annoying to fans. I don't know if it's that. I think Tank is not the type of guy that you would want to be your like the leader. Like yeah. that's the guy because he's such like, he's such a wild card. Uh, yeah. I think he I, th- I think he practices hard. I think he works hard. I think, you know, from everything you hear, you never know what he's going to say. And I don't know how much he still talks to guys. There's a bit of DeMarcus. And you know what? I, I don't fault anyone for it because at some point you should just go get your own. But I do think there's a bit of DeMarcus Lawrence that reeks of I'm just trying to do me here. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I really don't. Like, I, I mean what that in a way mean? I'm just trying to take care of my I'm – I'm, let me take care of my family here. 
I'm getting paid here. Let me take care of my family. I mean, when he made the comments when things got a little nasty in their negotiations with Stephen and his agent, David Canner, laid it out, you know, publicly how everything went down there. Yeah. You know, and who knows if you can trust David Canner all the time or not, or an agent <laughs> at all the time. I think Stephen would tell you some of this stuff is true. But when, when DeMarcus said, well, it ain't my problem, it's Stephen, it's yeah. the Jones family's problem to figure out the salary cap. To me, that tells you a little bit about a person. Yeah. And I think that just. But hold up, hold on, yep. hold on, hold on. I gotta stick. I gotta stick up her tank here. You know who else always says that? Dak Prescott. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What do you think? There's any? Uh, no, I, uh, see, I'm I, a big tank guy, so no, that's, I, I agree too. with you on Jalen. But I just, th- I, w- I would build my team around tank. Are you a tank guy because of the? <laughs> Yeah, that's, because you, you think he does play hard and take it. Take I love, I love the effort. I love the effort down the field no, more I think than he's pushing the ball somewhere here. I think he's, I think he's calling for accountability issues here. He's, he's an, he's an all. I, no, I can see there being some of that. He's an all pro player, and I want to be clear. I got his back when everyone was calling him a bust after he broke his foot his rookie year. Like, no question. Like, dude, I, you, like, you're absolutely right about that. Everyone yeah. should give this guy – like, I thought it was the most insane stuff that everyone was giving up on him when he broke his foot in training camp of his rookie rookie year. But I'm not sure if that's the guy. And the Cowboys made decisions to pay cert- certain guys and made decisions to not pay other certain guys. And so, that stuff right. goes around. It just goes around the locker room. And now well, maybe no, it's not and, that and, big yeah. of a deal. But I don't and, see Jason as the type of guy who's going to run hurt over that type of thing very well. No, and, and you and you could be right on that. I'm just saying, like the behind the scenes and all that. Like, obviously, he's a good quote, but that's not the only reason I like him. I just think I think he plays hard all the time. He plays through injuries. Um, I do think that he produces. I, I I think he produces most of the time. Um, I, I think he like any other player. I think he needs other good players around him. Um, you know, if you were talking about Jalen Smith, I would agree with you a lot more because I just haven't seen it over a long period of time. And there are plays where I'm just kind of like, Jalen, what are you doing here? I just very rarely see that. When I go back and I watch games, I very rarely see plays that Tank Lawrence makes that I'm just like, what was he doing? Why is he doing this? This, is, this isn't this is helping anybody but himself. Like, I just don't see that with him. And so I, I honestly think that, like, if you were t- if you came to me right now and you were like, give me the the five guys that this team must have going forward. Tank Lawrence would be in one of my in one of my five. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you too. I just I was trying to read KT here, and it, it sounds like it, you know KT's kind of saying there's got some locker room issues there. Well, I I think it, there's a situation, and I don't know if it's just locker room. I think it's organizational issues that goes all the way back to Jason. I mean, do, do we think uh, all these coaches are are all uh, stepping? Uh, well, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Do you think they're all in unison here with what they believe? You think that? I mean, you could just tell me. Look, I, Dak uh, Dak was one in five in games where he threw the ball over forty times. Sure, we know Jason Garrett does not want to throw the ball forty times. So yeah. you think he's on board with what Kellen's doing? Is John Kitna on board with what what Kellen is doing? Is Sanjay Law on board with all this stuff on the defensive side? Is everyone on board with what Rashard or Marinelli's doing? Because they do have a confusing setup on the defensive side of the ball. I, I just don't. I don't know. But you're going to get your right, wish, again, KT. Not, They're going to clean not, this thing out. You're going to get your wish. Yeah, well, you yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, and they, ha- and they should have done it a long time ago, or they should have given it, it Jason another year so it didn't look like this year was a you know, banger bust type thing. They said it, take the next step. Well, they put a lot of pressure on the team, and the team didn't didn't do it. Most, A lot of the guys on the team didn't consistently you know, come through for you. 
Today, your quarter, your, your your quarterback was really bad for the last month of the season. So we can start there. I know yeah, you would come kill KT, me about the, that. If if I'm not mistaken, in 2014, Jason Garrett was out of was out of contract. He was a lame duck coach then too, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And they went. That's the that's the Des game, right? Yeah, that's they did a really I mean, good job of drafting uh, Zach Martin the year after they drafted uh, Travis Frederick. That was very helpful for that team. <laughs> And having a yeah, Tony at that saying, stage though, but, of his career, but, but, they made, but yeah, but he was a he was a lame duck coach in 2014. Yeah, no, right. I, and then he got no, the extension to saying. get the. Yeah, can we agree it's a little more exaggerated in 2019 than in 2014 about how we feel about Jason Garrett? I I, I don't know, Katie. I think I think we need to do more podcasts here. I think you're kind of foreshadowing well, on some things here. I, I'm I'm not. I, well, I guess what I'm doing here is I'm saying Stirred this team up, is. Well, maybe I am stirred up guy, but here's the thing. I, I really don't need to be that guy because, again, I'm not in the locker room every day and I don't talk to any of these guys. You're going to make it difficult for John is what you're going to do. Well, no, well, no I'm not going to make it difficult for John. No, but I mean, even with that, like people say that, but like we don't get that great of access. I mean, we're in there for, you know, a half hour, whatever, Less. 45 minutes, if that. Like it's not like you're you're figuring out everything. It's not like you're there all day long and you're just like, yeah, hey, Oh, hey, Tank, yeah. uh, you done with that drill? We're going to go grab some lunch. Like, it's so, like, and, and here's the other thing. Like, everybody is just, like, a, a talk once a week guy. And when that's not your day, you're not really in the locker room. And I don't know. I mean, like, you can be around it and obviously talking from guys. You can pick little things up and all that. But, like, it's it's very limited. It's not it's not like every single day. If I yeah. just, you know what? I was thinking about something today. I'm going to sure. go by Dak's locker and ask him about this. Like, you're not doing that every, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you can be around it, but there still is just so much yeah. other stuff there is, you know, included with it, you know? Well, they've got enough, they've got enough, uh, RKGs right. that none of this stuff gets out of hand, you know, that's why you haven't seen full on crisis mode or anything like that. I mean, you start to look at some of those guys and again, <laughs> I'm not trying to make Jalen. We all know Jalen's a good guy or whatever. Right. I'm just saying that to me, that contract, the order of operations and how they handled a lot of these contracts, Allowing the Demarcus Lawrence thing to go on as long as it sure. did, and allow him to hold his labrum over the team's head, you know, Zeke going to Cabo, all that stuff is just like, I, I, I can say this, and find I'm, I'm a Packers fan, right, lifelong Packers fans, and I I never see the amount of unnecessary stuff like that sure. following them as I do covering and yeah. studying the Cowboys. It is constant. And well, there's one reason for that, and that's Jerry Jones. Which is fine. And that's Jerry, Jerry Jones. And, and and you know what, KT? I, I, think, I do believe the Packers would have given Jason Garrett that extra year like that. But Jerry cares so much what the fans think that he wanted to make it so clear, hey, guys, don't worry. If this goes, if this starts going in the wrong direction, we only got one more year. We'll go somewhere else. I mean, even like after the games, like the way he'll sit there <laughs> yeah. and he'll talk about other coaches and stuff like that. Like who else would do that? He wants the fans to know like, hey, don't worry. Don't worry, guys. I, I hear you. I know. I know that he's not getting the job done. I'm already looking at other guys. I'm not going to say it. I will, but I don't. If I could, but I might, but I won't until I do. And I will, but I won't, but I do. And I am right now. I mean, like he does it on purpose because he knows the fans are listening to that. And, and even after these games, like after the game today, he's like, it was a big disappointment for our players and obviously for our fans. Like he always includes that in there. Like he cares so much about what the fans think. And I think that's why he did it the way he did it this year. And he was like, I just want everybody to know. I know that it's not where you want it to be, but we're going to do this one more year. And if it doesn't work out, we'll, we'll, we'll cut bait. We'll go in another different direction. You guys have to know that, you know? 
And, you and know if, they gave, if he gave him another year, then he would think that, that the fans would think like, oh, we're stuck with this. I'm not going to any more games. I'm done with this. You know, he gave him some hope by not get, extending him. And it's all BS because the fans keep going to the games. That place will sell out every day uh, pretty much. <laughs> and people will keep watching and will keep following this stupid sure. soap opera. And you know what? I love it and can't get enough Absolutely. of it. Because I like doing this every Sunday after a game win or loss. I like chopping it up with you guys because it's it, – it, it is – in a way, in a way, the things that we kind of gripe about, I also kind of go, man, I'm kind of lucky to, to cover this team because of the nonstop content and storylines and things like that. But look, it, when you're when you're seven and eight and you have a roster with a lot of the high end guys on this roster, at least you look at it really up and down. They're deep in some areas as well. And you're seven and eight. It, it's a lot going on on the field, off the field. All the way through the organization, there is a lot going on today. Though, I mean, I, I didn't think the quarterback played well enough. I think the offense in general didn't play well enough. The quarterback didn't play very well, and the wide receivers had some drops, and Witten had a drop, and you, you run all that stuff together, and you have another game where you didn't score a touchdown, and you know it's it's been the defense most of the year that's been the problem. Today, the offense didn't play very well, and there you go. That's what you get. You, you, you lose. Yeah, they, they've lost some games. They've lost some games this year because the offense didn't play well. Yeah. You know, the New Orleans game comes to mind. This game comes to mind. You know, New England comes to mind. For for as great as the offense has done for moving the football, they've had some games where they the, the, they needed the offense to be great today. They really did. They needed, they needed you know, the defense was going to find a way, to, I think, to hold up, and, and the offense was going to take them off the hook. And the offense just didn't do a good enough job of doing that. That's I talked about that in the pregame show. I feel it felt like that the Dak and Zeke, the offensive line, they were going to have a good day. They were going to take advantage of the secondary for the Eagles, and then they were going to, you know, they were going to help carry this defense to what they needed to do. You know, but it it, it didn't work out yeah. that way at all. Uh, John, I know your article is already up uh, on the Athletic, so go to theathletic.com and check out John's article. Um, Pretty good quotes in there as well. Uh, John, do you have any closing thoughts as we uh, round out uh, this episode of About Them Cowboys? This game's been over for about five and a half, six hours when we're recording this, and I'm still surprised at just what I watched. And I know I shouldn't be because of watching this team this this entire season, but I guess I'm an idiot for believing that they would really turn it up for this game and that they really did start hitting their stride against the Rams and that this was going to be – because I didn't even think it was going to be close. I really thought that the Cowboys were going to win this thing by a couple of touchdowns. I And then as players started to fall off, more next thing I look, oh, oh, Ertz is going to the locker room. Oh, Jalen Mills <laughs> is on a cart. Oh, Fle- Fletcher Cox is down. I'm like, man, they're just giving it to them. Like, this is amazing. And they wouldn't take it. And so I sit here and I just – I'm left scratching my head because I do believe that there's a lot of talent on paper. And I'd, I guess I guess there was a part of me that didn't think that, you know, not thinking that Jason Garrett's the right guy. I just, I guess I, I, I didn't value coaching enough. I didn't think that coaching mattered yeah. as much as it, it probably does. I thought at the end of the day, these are professionals. The players will step up in big moments. They'll they'll, they'll take care of it themselves. And, and, and obviously that's not happening. So uh, I'm just, I'm still, I'm just really surprised that, that they put out the effort that they did tonight. Broadus, do you have any closing thoughts? You know, I thought John really kind of carried everything very well there. And, you know, I, I felt like going into the game and watching the Eagles play, you know, they were very fortunate to win the Giants game. Even though in the second half, defensively, they played really, really well. I'm talking about the, the Eagles. Watching game, it was mm-hmm. nip and tuck. It came down the end. You know, they were able to make some plays at the end. 
and I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, they they these the Eagles are struggling with these two teams. You know, Dallas coming off a nice game against the Rams. You know, was going to be able to put things together, and like you guys were saying. Already in the Eagle players laying on the ground and getting carted off and stuff like that. You're like going, okay, when are they going to take advantage of the situation? When are they going to make a big play? When are they going to do something to, to turn the tide here? And they, they just didn't do it. You know, they've been really good all year long on third down and were really bad in this game. I think they were at 21%, you know, on third downs and just didn't do enough to affect the game offensively when they, you know, the defense kind of steadied itself after the first two drives, you know, gave the Cowboys some opportunity. I mean, after the fourth and one, when the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the Doug Peterson went through it for it and they tried to throw the ball, to the tight end incomplete, you know, they had two drives in a row. They just flat wasted, you know, and, and got no momentum out of that. The Eagles basically, they, you know, the, the Eagles didn't have turnover, but if you look at field goals missed as turnovers, they gave him two near midfield in good position, and Dallas wasn't able to take advantage of that. So <laughs> yeah. when you when you're when you're doing things badly, and you're not moving the ball, and you're not finishing drives, and you're missing receivers, and you know you're not blocking and all that, you know you're going to deserve to lose the game. They need their offense to play very well today, and it didn't. And ultimately, that's that's what killed them in this football game. Yeah, and I'll end it up with, with a, just a positive note to remind everyone that we'll be back later in the week with another episode because the 8-8 eight and eight division title dream is still alive. The Cowboys can still make the playoffs if they beat the Redskins and if the Eagles lose to the Giants next week, and we will preview that game next week and talk about a million other things as we always do. And I also want to remind you that we have a big subscriber meetup on Monday the 30th uh, How about that? At Dots in Dallas and Deep Ellum. We're going to do a live episode of About Them Cowboys. That'll be following the Week 17 game. So we will have uh, quite a bit of things to talk about, I would imagine, for a live edition. We hope you, that you will come out and join us. Dots is a great place uh, with some very good uh, food and drinks. So make sure you come out to Dots and Deep Ellum on December 30th. Follow us all on Twitter at Brian Broaddus, at uh, John Mishota. Um I am at KT Fun Tweets. Uh, Kent, our producer, is at Kent Garrison. We'll be tweeting out information as we get closer. Follow the Athletic DFW as well. And uh, just we'd love to see you that Monday, December 30th. That's going to be a fun night as we uh, record a live edition of About Them Cowboys. And then we'll have a, if you're a hockey guy, we'll have a winter classic uh, preview as well. Uh, live at Dot's Hop House uh, up in Deep Ellum uh, in Dallas. That is Monday the 30th. Well, um, for Kent Garrison, our producer, for Brian brought us a special guest again. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, for Father you. John Mashoda, live in Philadelphia. Did you try cheesesteak, John? We challenged you. I did. I did. I went to Gino's. It was good. I've, I've been missing out. I need to start doing this more often. I guarantee you didn't have it with You're onions on it, did you? I, I didn't, and and I didn't have it with any uh, cheese whiz either. So I guess I guess did you I just, just had did steak and provolone. <laughs> but you give it two thumbs up. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was good. It was good. There you go. All right. Wow, that's more thumbs than touchdowns the Cowboys scored today, so we'll look at it that way. And then uh, we'll be back uh, later in the week, of course, for the big uh, Cowboys-Redskins preview episode that we're all pumped up about. That's going to be incredible. How are they going to stop Scary Terry? Can we break down how do you get to Haskins? Oh, yes, X's and O's, Cowboys-Redskins. We'll break it down later in the week as well. Um, And then, uh, you know, we'll see if we're going to make the playoffs or not, but uh, it didn't seem very likely. This was a tough one, guys. Tough loss right there in Philadelphia. Uh, but uh, it's what we do. We follow the Cowboys. We talk about them. 
And we will continue to do that here on The Athletic on the next episode of About Them Cowboys.